0: You are listening to the Conquering Everest podcast, episode 11. That's right. You are tuned into the Conquering Everest podcast. My name is Brian Talor. Thank you. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day here with me. Actually, here with us, because I've had the pleasure of interviewing two amazing women who I feel epitomize what Conquering Everest is all about. Liz the heathen Helton and her wife, Lily the Princess Helton, are kickboxers who have competed not only here in the U.S., but internationally as well. But It hasn't been an easy road. They've had to overcome obstacles and struggles to find success. But regardless to whatever life threw their way, they refused to quit. They kept pushing. They kept their eyes on the prize. So, fighting out of the Wolves Den Training Center in O'Fallon, Missouri, here is my interview with Lily the Princess Helton and Liz the Heathen Helton. Enjoy. Liz and Lily Helton, welcome to The Conquering everest podcast
1: hey thanks for having us yeah
0: thank you i'm excited because it's been a long time since i've talked to you guys i've known you for a little while and i followed you on social media but uh with the move out of state um it, it's been a little you know I, I don't see you as much in person i'm looking forward to, to hearing about your your lives and and what you've done and and how you've become successful in what you do and what you hope to do in the future If you guys wouldn't mind, why don't we get started with just some introductions to the listeners that may not be familiar with you? Sure.
2: Uh, So, my name is uh, Liz Hilton. Um, I live in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I guess a little bit about me I am a competitive kickboxer. as well as a, I was professionally, I'm a social worker, uh, and I run a program for homeless youth. Uh, actually, I live on the border of Illinois and Missouri, so I run a program on the Illinois side of the border. Um, yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to know about me? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll,
0: we'll, well, yeah, we, we'll, we'll get into some more of that here. Um, okay. Lily, what about you? Uh,
1: my Lily. name is Lily Helton. I'm Liz's wife. Uh, so I also live in Missouri. Um, I kickbox as well. Um, I'm not a social worker, but I do work. Um, I work at a law firm. Um, actually, where you're from, at Bloomington, Illinois. I work remote though. So I, I've been with a company for six years now, and um, we moved here about almost three years ago. I think. Yeah, yeah. three years ago we moved to St. Louis. So. Um, I've been working remote for Wilbur ever since. I work with uh, um, insurance claims and segregation. And
0: so I I know when you guys had announced your move in, I mean, a move is a big deal, right? I I, I moved to Georgia for a sh- short period of time and it was, it was kind of scary. You know, it was something new. It was, uh, you know, you don't know what's on the other <laughs> side of that move. What um, what prompted you guys to move and, and, and how did that go for you? Was it all you expected? What did you run into some some issues or anything like that with the move?
1: Um, so we were both in Bloomington and we both had jobs in Bloomington. I was finishing school or had just finished school um, in Bloomington. And we were training under Billy Stamp out of the combat club and we were getting a lot of fights and we had to travel a lot. And um, one of the places we traveled to often was St. Louis. We fought there a lot. We met some really great people there. Um, and we would try to – we would we would cross-train in St. Louis, like, we would try once a month. Um, it was about a three-hour drive, but we met a lot of people, and the trip became more and more frequent. Um, so the the need for, I guess, the next step in our kickboxing career – we we knew that we were going to have to move somewhere. So we were seeking out places, but the move kind of came naturally as far as, you know, how to advance our kickboxing careers. Um, and I could easily move and work remote with my position. Um, but Liz works as a social worker and that was a, a bit of a leap that we had to take
2: for her career yeah, so I mean, it while we were while we were in Bloomington and looking for ways to kind of advance our careers as kickboxers, I had also been with a company um out in Bloomington as a, a, I ran a substance abuse program. Uh and I had been working there for about 15 years at the time. And uh and really just got to a place in my career where I was feeling like, you know, I've I've done this. I can I can you know, I've, I've, been doing this for so long. I, you know, I just kind of feel like, I guess I was just kind of run down a little burnt out, but I knew I wanted to be a social worker, but I just felt like it was time to explore other things, other, other ways that I could help. And, um, and so the job opportunity came up uh, out here as well. So it just seemed like everything fell into place and, and the move happened real naturally.
0: Let's talk a little bit about, before we get into the, the, the fighter side of you guys. You you mentioned Liz that you're a social worker. What, what got you into that, that line of business?
2: Yeah. So I actually got into, um, being a social worker on accident. <laughs> um, I, and so, you know, a lot of people that know me know, I can't, I, I grew up, um, in, in kind of what's called the Chicagoland area. I grew up in, uh, uh Joliet, Illinois. And, um, you know, I grew up in a, in a, you know, rough area, um, you know i grew up in an environment of poverty um, d- you know i had a, a a lot of domestic violence in my home as a kid there was just a, it was just a lot and i and i really was one of those kids that kind of turned to the streets and um you know, later on in life, you know, like fast forward myself living in Bloomington, um, as an adult, I had gotten into, you know, criminal trouble as a youth and all kinds of things. And I got to a place in my life where I was like, okay, I'm going to do better now. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to change my life around. And so, um, I started like cleaning houses for a living and, uh, going to school, which was a real slow process. Cause I had, um, Pretty much dropped out of school in the eighth grade. Uh, So I'm in a junior college, you know, I'm like 19 and I'm cleaning houses for a living. And um, something had happened and I wasn't able to uh, continue cleaning houses as much as I needed to be able to, to pay my bills. So um, this like part-time third shift job popped up um, at this, uh, at this treatment facility, substance abuse treatment facility, and, you know, even in school, I mean, at this point I'm a business major. I mean, I say that loosely because, you know, I'm like real early in my junior college career. So, you know, at, at this point you could be anything, but my dreams was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get a degree in business and, you know, like run a business or something. I don't know. Um, and uh, and so I took this third shift job just to make some extra money. Gosh, It was like minimum wage working overnight. You know, I, I was able to like do my homework and stuff. And, um, but I, while I was there, I started, you know, kids get up in the middle of the night and they want to talk and they want to chat. And, um, you know, they were adolescents, they were in residential substance abuse treatment. And, uh, I just found that I liked talking to them and I felt like I knew who they were because they were me, you know, when I was a kid. And so it started to become, um, something that I was drawn to, you know, that I, you know, I felt like I could relate to them. I felt like I had, I, you know, I just, naturally had information about my life and, and moving forward and, and my own kind of regrets and bad decisions that I was able to, to share. And then it became, you know, a matter of, you know, maybe this is what I need to be doing. And so then I switched my um, degree and uh, my major over to social work. And that's kind of the, the start of my career.
0: <clears throat> yeah. That, that's awesome. Cause I, we really need more, people out there like, you know, doing social work or doing counseling Uh, with the kids, especially today. I see, uh, you know, I'm trying to start a coaching business as well. Uh, Not, not necessarily around um, youth, but I know as being a a father, you know, kids, especially in the teen years, they start to struggle a little bit. They try to figure out who they are, figure out their identity. And um, if they don't have somebody to, somebody they can trust to bounce that off of them uh, and say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. Should I be feeling this way? They, um, you know, they could certainly go down the wrong path. Let me ask you, so we'll kind of segue. So you two are married. Yes. What is, as we talk about figuring it out, who am I? How how has that been for you guys? I mean, as far as when did when did you know that that you know, you you were attracted to to women or or whatnot? Because I know there's still a lot like even though we're 2021, there's still yeah. a lot of um, prejudice out there.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, for me, I I mean, as a all throughout when I was a child, I saw women attractive. Um, I ironically, my dad and I don't speak anymore because of this topic. But I came out to my dad first. I think at like thirteen, and I was, I didn't really know what it was. I just knew that I liked girls. I thought they were pretty, and um, I told my dad, and he was like, "Oh, it's okay, no worries. Like you're just going through some things." Um, kind of just brushed it off as like not a big deal. Um, so I was like, okay, like I'm still normal and it wasn't really a big shock to him. And um, I don't think I really ever told my mom, I just kind of brought home a girlfriend and thankfully it was, it was normal. I, I, my coming out or experience with finding out that I liked women was, was, was good. Uh, my parents were, I would say I thought supportive, but it was definitely accepted as normal. It, it wasn't a big deal. Um, when I came out, uh, as far as in our house, in our, in our four walls. Um, now when I got married and was public to the people, um, of like our community that I was gay, that was, that was a big bit of a different story. Um, my family is very religious. So, uh, to have a daughter, out in public and married in the community that was, that was not accepted. Um, sorry, touchy subject for me.
0: <laughs> I, I hear I could hear the emotional <laughs> question. We can, you could just say, hey, you know, you know, we'll talk about this another time. If no, if you're it's fine, you're fine. Okay.
1: Um. Yeah.
0: I just know there's so there's got to be so many, uh, young. Adults or or teenagers that you know I can hear the emotion in your voice and, and you're what twenty six years old now right so yeah um, yeah when you say touchy subject that's I I know I feel like there's so many out there that 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 want to come out or want to live a, a certain life and and they can't so I definitely appreciate you sharing that really? uh, um, let's let's segue a little bit we'll, we'll we'll transition off of that but I do want to know how did you guys meet.
2: Boxing, yeah, we just met at the at the gym. You know, I I'm not sure. I know you know you were at the gym with us, but I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure how early you were at the gym with us, um, because when you know there was a time uh, in like my first year uh, that I was training under Billy. Um, That he had me and another lady, Tiffany, running a women's, it was like, it was called like women's warriors class. And like, it was a women's fitness class on Sundays. And, uh, and Lily actually happened to come to that class. So that's that's how we met.
0: Yeah, I joined, uh, I started training under Billy when um, we were in the old junior high basement.
2: Okay, so, yeah. so, so we would have met. It was this was when um, he was uh, he was in that um, kind of on the east side of um, Bloomington. Yeah, it was like by Dairy Queen. It was like a little, just a little tiny place. It was, yeah. it was right before we moved to the junior high. Yeah,
0: so kind of a uh, <clears throat> to me, I always found that this this is a a perception of mine that that. I, it, when I first started training, so, you know, obviously everybody out there kind of boxing and, and Lily, I believe you were, you were in school cause you would sit over on the mats and do your homework
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: and, and then you'd get up and you'd box a little, but it was like me personally, I, I there's a lot of times I thought, it's like, well, you know, I wonder why she's here. Um, she does her homework. She kind of gets into it. And then all of a sudden there was a change and you, you became, you became dead set on becoming a better fighter. And then, you know, pretty soon you're fighting and you're winning belts and it's like, Holy shit. What happened? You know, like what was, what was the switch? Was it just that you were in school? So you didn't have time or what was, what, what flipped no, in your mind?
1: I, uh, it was Billy, man. Um He believed in me and I had been training for like a year and it was, I never intended to fight. I just joined because, um, I had always done sports or something in high school and I was in college and I didn't play anything in college. So I wanted to do something, you know, to stay fit. And I had been training for like a year and, um, I sparred a couple times and he was like, Hey, do you want to fight for real? And I was like, what are you serious? (laughs) He was like, yeah, do do you want to fight? And I was like, hell yes. I want to fight. That's so cool. I, I didn't even think that, I was, you know, like you said, I was just the girl that did homework on the side and kind of got into it. But um, he, and I'm also totally girly for the viewers that can't see. Um, look me up on social media. I, they call me the princess. Um, I, I'm totally girly girl. So I'm definitely not what you would think a fighter would look like. So Billy just asked me if I could fight and he believed in me. And I was like, I believe in myself. Um, and it was just... It was just him believing in me that I could do something, and then me realizing, oh shit, I really can do it if I believe in myself, and it just took off from there.
0: And Liz, I know we had a few conversations early on um, because I was new to the gym and trying to figure it out. Now, you know, when I joined the gym, I was, you know, forty years old, and I was looking to get in shape and, you know, do something different. And I, I remember you telling me like, hey, you you know, just. Keep pushing because I was there too. There wasn't too far of a yeah. time where my health was in decline. I was overweight. Tell us a little bit about that. Like,
2: yeah, what was so, it? Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, it all kind of piles in together. So I guess you know, I, I you know, I, I told tell the story about oh, you know, I'm I, I started my career at Chestnut and all these things happen. Well, you know, when I say. I dropped out of school in eighth grade. I really did. And so, and, and I, and I really did come from poverty. And so when I decided, okay, I'm gonna get my life together, that was not an easy task. And so then you have to think about the next six years of my life where like basically me working two jobs, going to school full-time, and then whatever internships that they threw at me that I had to get done. And and also, you know, just to be honest, when you drop out of school at 18, you're just not very smart. Like, you know, and there's a lot of things that I couldn't, you know, I didn't know. And I'm like, you know, repeating classes. And it was just, it was a hard Six years. I mean, taking naps in parking lots in between jobs, <laughs> and um, and 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 all of that to say, like, I essentially was living off of like McDonald's and energy drinks just to get through my life. Oh, wow. and, um, and so I, you know, over the course of six years, went from you know being a kind of small person to uh, you know I stepped on a scale at about two hundred pounds. And uh, and well, what had happened is I, I graduated with my master's degree. And, uh, and I started a uh, wife, well, I started to, um, have a uh, panic attacks just out of nowhere. I didn't know why. And they were starting in my chest and I kept ending up at the hospital. I was telling them I'm having a heart attack and they're like, Oh, you know, no, it's just anxiety. But eventually I, I did end up getting a, a referral to a <coughs> cardiologist and had some tests run and a heart monitor attached. And, and basically I had caused myself to have a heart arrhythmia. Um, and, uh, and I mean, through the course of having to wear a monitor for five days, they also realized that like when these things were happening, it was causing pain, which is what was triggering these panic attacks. Um, you know, and I don't know all the details of what it was, but I do know that my last, well, not my last appointment, but like, I, you know, I go into the cardiologist and I just remember she was this, she was this funny woman and, you know, and she's like, you know, you're, you're young. Um. And the only thing I can tell you right now is your options are are one or the other. Um, you can get put on what's called a beta blocker, which will help slow your heart down and help you regulate your heart rate. But once we start, that's what you'll be on for the rest of your life. Um, or you can make a decision <clears throat> to commit yourself to being healthier and you can get off the energy drinks and you can lose some weight and start eating better and, um, and there's a, you know, a high likelihood that your body will start to function the way it's supposed to again. Um, because there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with you that you didn't cause yourself. Basically what she was saying, your lifestyle and the things that you consume and the weight that you've put on is what's caused your health issues. And, uh, And so, you know, I made a decision at that point. And, and, and so, and and not only was I living off of McDonald's and energy drinks, I was smoking cigarettes. Um, you know, I just, I just wasn't healthy. And, and, uh, and so that my decision was, I was gonna, I was gonna quit smoking and I was gonna get healthy. And that's what I did. And so for like a year, I was like, you know, trying to go to Gold's gym and I'm like running on treadmills and doing ellipticals and doing group fitness classes and, Um, and I did start to lose, you know, a little bit of weight. I did quit smoking. Um, but I just, I really wasn't enjoying myself. I just was like, I mean, is this the light, this is what I have to do now. Like I have to live at a gym and eat, you know, boiled chicken and broccoli. Like I can't, I can't live like this, you know? And, uh, I don't really know what happened, but I just know that one day, um, I was like, I'm going to try a boxing class and, uh, and that's how it all started.
0: <laughs> when you, when your doctor told you, "Listen, your 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 health, your failing health, it, you did this. You did this." Was that like a shot to the gut for you, or did you kind of you knew, or did you just accept full responsibility?
2: Yeah, you know, it was, and you know, gosh, I mean, I think that. I still remember this day, like buying a scale and stepping on the scale and realizing I was almost 200 pounds and being like, whoa, I don't even know what happened. You know? And, uh, and when I, you know, when I was in the doctor's office and she was telling me these things, there was a, um, it was just a rush of realization. I just remember being like, oh my gosh, she's right. Like I'm just destroying my body. And I have, traded in, you know, one unhealthy lifestyle, you know, from before for this, for this other healthy lifestyle, all in the name of changing my life, you know, and now here I am, you know, how do I want to live Uh, and having, and having to make a choice.
0: So Lily, you've had your own health concerns as well. And I, and I believe yours came to light after you, you had already established yourself as a, as a fighter, And then, yeah, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about what you experienced.
1: Yeah. So I, um, I was probably, well, I was coming up and, and it was after we moved to St. Louis. Um, I had, we had been here for probably almost a year. I was taking some title fights um, and I was moving up, um, you know, fighting class A girls and, I, um, I started to, the first thing that happened was I started to lose weight. Um, and then I, um, we kind of just chalked that up to like losing weight to, uh, like moving out here and being more active because we were training more. We were, you know, hiking the intensity up. I'm, I'm fighting harder fighters. Um, another thing that was kind of a red flag was, um, I would get really sick before my fights, um. I would throw up uh i would shake uh and we chalk that up to nerves um i had fight nerves so um move on we're we're you know here for a year and, I, and i'm getting sick before fights and i'm losing weight um mm-hmm. so we are i uh, my nerves my nerves are getting bad and we looked into uh like fight psychology so I started to get into fight psychology and really like hone in on like meditation and like I'm trying to fix this. Um, so that was that was the first doctor I went to. He he told me that um, I told him I was throwing up before fights, I was losing weight, and he said, you know, this is your fight nerves. Like you got to get got to get your fight nerves under control. So I really I dug into that. Um, and then I had a I had a time another title fight and nothing changed. I still threw up before my fight. I still got sick. Um, so we went to a second doctor and they told me that I had IBS, uh, which is like irritable bowel syndrome. And unfortunately IBS is basically like, we don't know what's wrong with you, but something upsets your stomach. Um, so after two doctors, then we really got down clean in our diet. Um, like Figuring out, you know, what's what and what my stomach doesn't like. Food allergies. And I had a huge tidal fight. Um, So we thought we had it under control. My diet was perfect. I had done, you know, gone through all this mental training and read all these books. And um, I weighed in. I was very small, so I didn't didn't cut weight um, very much. Uh, Weighed in and went to go eat. And instantly got sick. Um, and I was so frustrated because I did everything right, you know? Um, so it was a five round fight. I fought the first round. I was okay. The second round couldn't fucking move. Couldn't move. Sorry. Um, I couldn't move. My feet were heavy. I kind of felt dehydrated. Um, rounds three and four, it was really bad. I was getting eight counted and my coach actually threw in the towel and, um, I gave up fighting at that point. I was like I'm done. Uh, I've been to two doctors. Obviously, I can't if I can't, you know, overcome my mental struggles at at an amateur, you know, title fight, how the how the heck am I going to do that if I want to be in the UFC or if I want to, you know, be an Invicta? Like there's no way I can continue this. It's just not for me. Um so Liz convinced me to go to one more doctor. And thank the Lord Jesus, this guy knew what he was doing. Um, he ran all of the tests on me and found out that I am allergic to gluten. Um, and I have celiac disease. Um, gluten is in everything. You're <laughs> yeah. not. Uh, it's, it's basically like a protein in wheat. And because everything is just like so processed in America, like... Everything basically has wheat in it because everything is processed on, like, the same lines. So even though I was eating, like, super healthy, you know, whole foods and everything, I was so sick. And I was basically for about two years starving. Um, it Celiac disease makes it to where your body can't absorb nutrients. So I was losing weight because I was starving. <laughs> um, and I was getting sick because I was putting poison in my body. And it was... Very, very, very hard to just be sick and not know what the heck was wrong.
0: So you had to change your diet, different way of eating. Yes. Um, how did that work for you, Liz? Because I imagine you've probably had to give up some food as well, right? <laughs>
2: oh, well. So, you know, um, <clears throat> here's the thing. Um, I mean, when when she says she's basically starving for a year, uh, she says she lost weight, It, you know, I don't know that she's painting an accurate picture. She withered away the nothing. We couldn't, we couldn't get weight on her for the life of us. She was sick all the time and it wasn't just fighting. It was all the time. So when she says, Oh, she convinced me to go to another doctor. It was, I mean, it just wasn't an option whether she fought or not. Like we have to figure out what's going on. Like at this point, I'm worried that my wife is dying. Like I, I've, you know, I've never seen anybody this sick. Um, and, uh, when they told me what what was wrong with her they explained to me that her lower intestine was just completely damaged you know and that that you know gluten is it's in it gets in the air it gets in the crevices of your pans it's in your dishes it's it's everywhere and that she's so damaged that having that in our home makes will make her sick basically like i could buy a loaf of bread And um, pull bread out and toast it in the toaster and eat my bread and clean everything up. But that stuff is probably in the air and it's probably still going to get her sick. Like it was literally explained to me that serious. So for me, it wasn't even a choice. Our house became gluten free. Um, I don't eat, I don't eat gluten products. I don't eat gluten food. Um, we got rid of all of our pots and pans and dishes. We got everything new. We got rid of anything that, that, you know, toasters, anything that had bread or, or gluten-like products in it, got rid of it all. Um, and we just became a gluten-free household. And, uh, and, and for, for me, I, you know, when we talk about, um, You know, it's funny earlier you said, oh, when you start fighting and all of a sudden you're winning belts, you know, Lily really fell into something that I felt was natural for her. And watching her as her wife uh, compete was one of my favorite things to do after I got through the fear of thinking, you know, like, like worrying about it. Then I realized, like, she is she is good. She is something special. And when she steps in the cage or she steps in the ring, you can see she's something special and then watching that slip from her fingers as, as as she got sick and not knowing why, um, when they told us how we could make it better, it wasn't even a question. Um, we can be gluten free for the rest of our life. If it means that my wife can do the things that she loves to do. Um, So that's just how we live. You know, we don't we don't get to eat out really because restaurant, you know, restaurants around here just don't really have the protocols in place to be able to feed her and not get her sick. So we you know, we have to cook everything. It's a lot of sacrifice, but it's, you know, every time I see her step in the cage, uh, in the ring and compete and not be sick and to feel good, it's worth it. So. Have
0: uh, Liz, uh, it's through the, through the change, right? So, um, have you taken benefit? Have have you seen a benefit in your um, health? Even uh, though, you,
2: well, you, could you eat know, it? I I'll say that I don't I don't think that not eating gluten is necessarily a benefit. But what has happened is because we have to worry about gluten, we have to have an awareness of everything that goes in our body, and through that process, we have really come to to not want processed food like we i mean at this point we eat i mean we organic we're we probably we've cut out red meat um and just i don't know it's just like my, uh, I remember being in a school, I had a, a counselor or a, a professor once tell me, like, you can't unlearn what you learn, right? And I remember thinking it was so stupid, but it's just so right. And, like, as you start to really dig into, like, having to look at ingredients and read what's in food and start to understand, like, processed food and things like that, you just become like, oh, my gosh, like, what am I eating, you know? and uh, And so just through the process of that... We, you know, we have gotten to a place where we know where everything comes from that goes in our body, and that has caused me to be probably the healthiest version of myself. Um, you know, like I said, we're all whole, we're whole foods, completely organic. We don't eat red meat. We're 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 actually in the process of increasing our plant intake and decreasing our overall meat consumption, um, and just and really just putting a focus on eating to perform, eating to fuel versus eating to enjoy life, you know, um, and, and, uh, and we have a, you know, we also have a, um, a nutritionist and a, a, a weight cut specialist that um, has really contributed to that as well. So.
0: Very cool. So let's transition the conversation a little bit. Um, so you, you guys have all had all these obstacles that you've had to overcome, um, just, you know, life, health, you, you've successfully kept your eyes on the prize and then um let's talk a little bit about bosnia i mean you fought you, you've you been fighting locally you were uh you know making your rounds in the circuit, and the next thing i know on social media i see you guys are heading over to bosnia to compete yeah uh, how was that
1: that was amazing uh, did
0: you that was part of uh what is the you're fighting under is it waco or
1: yeah, so WACO is a world organization of kickboxing. Um, they uh, We had to make the national team. They take a team over. Each year is a team selected, and, and they kickboxing is huge outside of America. It's huge. Yeah. Um, it's so small in America. You think it's big, but it's actually so small. It's crazy. Um, but we were selected to be – was it 2019?
2: 20,
1: yes, twenty nineteen. We were selected to be on the team, and they took a team of twenty four people over to Bosnia to compete in the world championship. And there, how many countries were there? Thirty five. There was thirty five countries there. It was absolutely awesome.
0: Wow! So you guys went over there and you won all your fights and you walked away champion, right?
1: Yeah, I wish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what There's did a you... lot of
1: competition out there! I did win. Uh, I won one, lost one. Um, I actually beat Bosnia my first draw was Bosnia and I remember my coach Ryan Blackerby he's one of the team coaches on team USA uh, he said all right we're gonna go out there and he said they're gonna be loud they're gonna boo you you're gonna hear that you're gonna hear them you know we're, we're small he's like just go out there and do you just focus on the fight and I heard Bosnia the whole time um but it it was awesome it was really cool to to win my first fight out there in the tournament um, it was an amazing experience
0: and liz liz did you fight while you were out there as well
2: yeah i did so my bracket had like <laughs> had all these man you know there's like 20 girls in my bracket and somehow i got randomly selected to fight turkey i fought the number one girl in the world <laughs> She won the tournament. <laughs> um, she won the tournament, but she also won. Um, she had won two other world tournaments prior to that. So she was ranked number one in the world. Um, I will say it was a really humbling experience. Um, I went out there uh, at this point. I had transitioned from boxing to kickboxing. I had been undefeated in kickboxing since my transition. I think I was like seven and zero at that point. And, um, and I, you know, I was quite confident. Uh, I looked at the girl from Turkey and I was like, oh, you know, I got this. I didn't have any nerves. I went out there and, uh, and that girl hit me one time. And if you have an opportunity to watch that fight, you will see that I stepped back after she hit me and my whole life changed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, she, uh, she gave me three, eight counts and TKO'd me in the second round, And uh, and it was, you know, it was a humbling experience, but it was a it was an awesome experience because it really opened my eyes to um, to all the levels in the in the world of kickboxing and and really forced me to make a decision like, who do you want to be as a fighter? You know, do you want to be out here um, fighting regional shows and uh, kind of walking through your competition at that point, you know, up to that point? Um, or do you want to kind of try and step up to these next levels and start looking for the hardest opponents, start challenging yourself. And, uh, and so that, you know, that's what I did. I came home and I decided, you know what, I got to get better. I got, I can't compete with Turkey, you know, unless I get better. And, um, you know, and it's been a rough year since, you know, it's been rough since coming back from Bosnia. I've lost um, two other times. I've taken two more losses since then. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm growing, I'm challenging myself. I'm, you know, and I'm trying trying to fight the the best out there right now. And uh, uh, my hope is uh, to do well in this upcoming tournament and to, to get out of the country and try it all over again. So.
0: Out of curiosity, how did Bosnia come? How did that conversation come up for you two?
2: For, uh, to go to Bosnia? Yeah. Oh well, we got letters in the mail that you know oh. they said um, we'd like to we we're inviting you to um, you mm-hmm. know to represent and to compete in Bosnia uh, under Waco and and I you know I got them in my email I got both our letters in my email um, and and we were actually didn't think it was possible because it uh, was so much money. Well, <laughs> uh, you no, know, uh, us making the team, you know, we that too in order to make the team, you have to compete in the Waco national tournament and then place gold or silver. And, uh, Oh, about two weeks out from the national tournament that year, um, we got into a, a car accident, a car uh, came off the exit and went across three lanes and smashed into us, causing our car to spin across the highway. And, um, I mean, our airbags went off. My car was totaled. And our coach basically said, um, Like, you can't compete. Like, it doesn't feel like anything's wrong, but we don't know that you're okay. Like, your airbags went off. We don't know if you have concussions. Like, it's not safe. You can't compete. Um, And so we had to pull out of that tournament. But uh Waco said that you know they had been following us on social media they knew that we had won multiple fights that year um you know that we that we were hard workers and they wanted to give us a shot and so they sent us uh yeah they sent us our letters in the in my email and
1: we had also um, attended that they have seminars oh throughout yeah the year. training
2: camps like we had gone to a couple of training camps as well so they you know they knew who we were and we so, yeah, I, I just remember getting the email and I Lily was in the kitchen and I just, like, came running in there. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, and uh, and and we were really excited. And then we were like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to come up with this money? Um, And so months and months of fundraising, uh, fundraising got us there. <laughs>
1: raising, selling T-shirts and doing privates for very little amount of money, like, just trying to raise – any, any and every dollar that we can. And, and we did it. We really did. Thank, thank you to all of our fans and friends and family. They all pulled out all of their dollars and (laughs) really came through and we had a huge fundraising event and we did seminars and man, we, we got to Bosnia from all of our friends because really everyone just came together and supported us. And we didn't have to come out of our own pockets at all for the, for the trip. We fundraised the whole trip.
0: That's great. So it sounds like, you know, you guys didn't know Bosnia it was, I mean, they they contacted you. You're like, whoa, you know, you, you, you're just focusing on your everyday training, getting better, uh, being the best uh, fighter that you could be. And I think that just goes to show as long as a person is dedicated and determined, good things are going to happen, oh, even definitely. things you don't expect.
1: Yeah. And that's what he said. Like he, the, the president was, you know, let us know, like, it sucks that we couldn't come but we see you working hard and we we know that you're dedicated and and we see that we see that you deserve this so here
0: you guys went to Bosnia you got to experience competition on a on a worldwide scale you you realized that you still had work to do right because you didn't win the tournament mm-hmm. you came back and now you, you you guys are gonna p- compete in February for at in Nashville for an opportunity to once again go to the worldwide stage in Russia, right?
1: yeah, so exciting what uh, like once we saw like what what else was out there like you know we wanted to be good fighters, but once we saw like the next level, it's just like a whole other level of motivation.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the discipline uh, that goes into this. You guys uh, are are up early. This is an, I'm getting, I see this on social media. You guys are up early. You get you, you, you converted an area of your home into a gym and um, I mean, what? Okay. So I'm, you know, 46 and overweight and I struggle to get up in the morning. I don't have that discipline. How do you guys find the discipline to just do what you got to do to be the best physical versions of yourselves?
2: Because we know that that's what our the people that we're competing against are doing, so it's not even a it's not even a question. We just we just do it. It's just every morning we wake up at five fifteen and we start our day, and uh, you know mm-hmm. five mornings a week, uh, Monday through Friday, we get up at five fifteen and we get our morning workout in, and there's just there's just no questions. Like you have to to be the best, you have to train at that level. And, uh, and that's what, that's what they, that's what they're doing. That's what we have to do. So.
0: so, so take us through a, um, uh, what, what is a day in the life of Lily and Liz?
2: Yeah. So we get up at five 15. Um, we, uh, we always have, uh, a, a cup of coffee. Uh, and then we eat what we call breakfast number one. So Mm -hmm. it's usually just a small, um, like maybe some carbs or something, you know, some oats, something like that. Uh, and then depending on what day it is, we either go and get our cardio in, which is, um, running and sprints or, um, twice a week we do like lifting conditioning, strength and conditioning in the morning. Uh, that workout is usually anywhere between 60 and 90 minutes. Uh, then we finish up, we come inside, we take care of our dogs, we shower, we make breakfast number two, which is more of a full breakfast. Um, and then we, we both work remote. So we go to our separate areas of the house and we go to work. Um, then, uh, you know, we have lunch together every day uh, and then go back to work. We get off work usually around four o'clock. At four o'clock, we get dinner going. We get our, you know, our, we change into our gym clothes. We get everything packed up and ready to go. Uh, We eat dinner. And then by five o'clock, we're out the door and heading to the gym, which is about a half hour away. And there, we usually are training for anywhere between two and three hours every night of the week. We usually get home around nine o'clock at night. We shower, let the dogs out, get into bed turn on the TV and usually fall asleep with the TV on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you guys have a full day. It's there's, there's no, uh, there's no, um, I mean, it sounds like you've scheduled your day. You know, exactly what you got to do.
1: Yes. We have an off day Saturday, um, which is nice. It's a full day off. We used to take like Thursday night off, but we switched it to Saturday, Kind of pretty recently, actually, and it's really nice to have a day that we don't work or work out. Um, and then Sunday is a spar day, so we we just do like an hour of sparring, and then we have the rest of the day to kind of catch up and do house things. So Saturday and Sunday are, is much more relaxed and allows us to – that's our downtime is the weekend.
0: So thinking back to when, when I joined uh, the Combat Club here in Bloomington and – you know, I think about. I I I wanted to get active. I wanted to lose some weight, but as I I got more serious into, hey, I, I like this. I could see myself even at, at my age. I could see myself possibly yeah, fighting okay. an amateur fight. One of the things that I learned, one of the lessons I took away, is having the right people in your corner. Oh,
1: definitely.
0: Let's talk a little about you. You you train with the Wolves Den, right? Yeah. What, um, let's, let's give them some love. Tell us about that gym and and what makes them, uh, what makes you go and show up every day?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, the Wolves Den is a, is a, a incredible, um, competitive atmosphere. Uh, you know, and they're still like Bloomington Combat Club in that there are fighters and non-fighters there, and it's you know it's a welcoming gym for everybody. But there's a there's a pretty large group of, of uh, small guy fighters, which are fighters that fight 145 and under, and uh, a full day of classes every day of the week, um, and uh, just you know the competition is heavy, so we're um, you know grinding next to our teammates uh, every day and. Um, in terms of having the right people in your corner, our head coach is JP Mattis.
1: Whoop, whoop. Shout uh, out to him.
2: <laughs> Jay, uh, you know, there's just not a, you know, JP is like, um, is, is very, you know, we always call him our mini Billy. <laughs> um, and, and he really is like, we call him our mini Billy. Cause he's a, you know, he's smaller than Billy physically, but, um, you know, he's kind of got the same kind of hard guy attitude, but you know, he loves you. Um. And uh, and he shows up. I mean, he's just he's That's there with us six days a week. Um, uh, you know, holding pads, game planning, just trying to improve our game in every way he can. When he's not there with us, I mean, he's sending us things on Instagram. Like, watch this, look at this, see how she's doing this. You know, and um, his investment in us means that we have to invest in ourselves too, because if he's willing to do it, then we have to do it.
1: And for the listeners that might not be very um, familiar with the fight community and how fights work, amateur fighters do not get paid. So we're not getting paid, which means our coach isn't getting paid. You know, he, he has his own full-time job. He works 40 hours, probably more than 40 hours a week. He does all types of construction stuff, but any, he, he, you know, he has a life too. He has a girlfriend but he's he's at the gym every day, and and I wish we had a million dollars to give him because it's worth it.
0: <laughs> one day, one day you one might. One
1: day, one day we'll be on a yacht, JP. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, yeah. I I would just say you know that you know having a fight, you know a fight family for me when when I was going uh, to the combat club, it was that was you know a highlight of my day. Being around like minded yeah. people of all skill levels it didn't matter some were very experienced some were new and then what i really enjoyed is as i got more comfortable with boxing i was able to then coach others and um, share you know what i had learned and yeah you don't get paid you just you do it for the love of um, improving yourself and improving others now there's always anytime success starts to come a person's way there's always a little bit of, I think, toxicity. There's people that you might have to let go of in your life. Did you have you guys experienced that in your journey? Was there people that you had to just walk away from that might not have been easy to walk away from?
2: Um, yeah, I mean,
0: and you don't have to give any names, or
2: anything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there have definitely been times where we had to make decisions for ourselves about who we wanted to be and who we wanted to have in our lives, and. And, um, and, and that hasn't always been easy, but, you know, this, this fight world is an interesting world and there's a lot of different personalities. And ultimately, um, we have a goal, um, to, you know, we have our, our main goals in, in competition to, you know, Lily wants to compete in the world games. You know, we want to compete internationally. We want, we want to raise ourselves to the highest levels, but then, you know, it, it seems kind of weird, but Billy used to say to us all the time, like, you know, it's, it's all about the the people you meet, you know, it's all about the people in your life. And, you know, and, and yeah. you know, Billy he used to always have his little cliche things that he'd say, but, um, I felt like that, that him saying that has really just driven us this entire time. And anytime that we have been in a situation where we felt like, Um, Someone was bringing negativity to our life where someone was and and it didn't even have to be about us, but just in general, bringing that sense of negativity, talking bad about other people a lot, you know, um, anything that was really, you know, taking away the focus of of, or being negative themselves about themselves. Yeah, I mean, just Mm -hmm. taking away the focus of of our goals um, and, and just not, you know, like we just want to be good people that invest our time and feel invested in by other good people and if 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 we don't see that then we have to make decisions not to have you in our life we just have to we don't our our time is so limited our goals are so big um and 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 we really want to take whatever time we have available and and make sure that we're giving that to the right people well
0: said yeah yeah that's he's that was excellent so and and I completely agree with that cuz I've had to do that as well. There's a, there's a lot of, you know, uh, doubters, uh, but I digress. The let's what's next? What's next for the princess?
1: Uh for me, so obviously we have the Waco and, and Russia. Um I I need that to happen and and be a part of my path because uh my my big goal right now is world games and that's in 2022 um so it's not that long away and initially i thought how i get the spot on world games was to be a part of waco and do well and be selected for the spot for the 115 spot um so i thought you know as long as i do well on the national level and work hard that spot's mine you know i'm already on the team from past years it's mine. I was very wrong. <laughs> I have to win, uh, win tournaments, place place first to get the spot in World Games for us for Team USA. So my focus is Waco, and and my my goal because of the focus of Waco is World Games twenty twenty two. And I believe that after after I win World Games, my path will kind of be laid out for me. Um, I do want to do MMA. Uh, so I think that once I accomplish the world games, um, that will be there for me. I also work on my jujitsu and wrestling um, under my head coach, Mop. Um, Andrew Ebers out of the Wolves' Den. Uh, I just got my blue belt. So I'm working on my Jitsu as well, um, focused on world games, and then then I'm taking on the
2: MMA world
0: how about the heathen? What's, what's next for the heathen?
2: Yeah. So, you know, I am a 37 years old, so I am starting to think about what do I want to accomplish and then what is the next stage of my kind of career? Um, And so for me, uh, you know, I, I know that I really want to take maybe the next two to three years and just Push myself to the to the highest level that I can get. And I want to compete internationally. I want to, um, you know, I, I want to know that I didn't see a limit for myself that I just pushed as far as I could. Um, but in the background, I'm still also preparing for, um, the next stages, which will probably be more along the lines of coaching. So I did just get, um, I've spent the last year working on my, um, personal training, uh, certification, which I got last month. Um, I got a license as a personal trainer. I'm working on my nutrition certification right now. Um, I, you know, I do a lot of private sessions. Um, and so that's kind of the, uh, uh, A part of my life that I'm preparing for this, you know, for the next stage that, you know, when I'm done competing and I've done what I can there, then I can start kind of passing all that on to the next generation of fighters.
0: So we're approaching, we're approaching an hour and I know that's, uh, that's what I asked and you guys granted me. And I appreciate that as we, as we have about five minutes, um, I I, want to just give this five minutes to you promote. Is there anything you want to promote anybody you want to shout out? It's, it's all you,
1: um yeah, I would definitely invite you guys to follow us on social media um, we like to engage with people online um, Liz mentioned you know we want positive people in our lives. I love to. Communicate with people on social media and I often post like I keep updates all the time So if you guys want to be friends on social media or if you just need some motivation or if you want to give me some motivation Um, you should definitely follow us Uh, My instagram is Lily l-i-l-l-i-e period the princess so lily period the princess
2: Um, Liz's instagram Uh, Is Liz, L-I-Z, underscore, the heathen.
0: How about, uh, do you guys have, uh, have you guys set up any sort of GoFundMe or anything? Uh, I know this uh, February, if you get through Nashville, you're headed to Russia. So I imagine uh, that's going to be. Yeah. a little crazy. Well,
2: we haven't actually set up a GoFundMe at this point. Um we we have done that in the past and uh, and that's cool. Um and if we make it to Russia, we may set up another one and then we put, you know, all those links and such on our social media. Um right now, but we do um we do have like um uh, hoodies and t-shirts for sale. So if anybody is interested in something like that, we um uh, we we sell t-shirts for $20, hoodies for um hoodies for 30 uh and we ship them anywhere for 5 bucks so they're um, so cool feel free to uh shoot us a message and uh and we'll see if we you know if we have your size and if you're interested we'll send it over to you um but yeah it, you know in, in terms of um a shout out so I will say um You know, definitely uh, the Wolves' Den out of O'Fallon, Missouri. That's our head gym, Um, our our head coach, J.P. Mattis, Um, uh, Lily's, uh, you know, head BJJ coach. uh, um, They call him MOP, but Andrew Ebers. Um, And then, you know, we do have some sponsors. Uh, I think those are always important to just to recognize and acknowledge. They're, you know, our biggest supporters. Um, we have Storytime Photography out of Lincoln, Illinois. That's, uh, she's, you know, been our, gosh, our main sponsor and supporter for, since the beginning. Um, who else you want to shout out? Uh,
1: HKA is our sponsor gear. If you guys watch our training videos, we always have really cool gloves and they always have cool designs on them. We got some, uh, shorts and stuff custom from them. HKA, if you guys are athletes listening and you want some... Cool gear, great quality, great
2: price. Definitely, let me know. Yeah, um, we've got Gut Uppercut. Yeah, that's, that's, our, our, nutritionist. that's our nutritionist and our uh, weight cut specialist. Um, she's the the woman with the plan. She knows everything. Um, and then I guess just some side, um, you know, sponsors that we have: okay. uh, J J and A Concrete we got SNS flooring and promo medics printing.
0: So if anybody listening is interested, certainly they could reach out via social media. I will make sure I will put any, any links or anything that you want me to include yeah. with this topic. I'm going to get that in there. So one last question. Yeah. So at some point in time, there's going to be a young boy or girl, or maybe, maybe not so young, maybe, maybe an adult that's thinking about fighting, but they don't have the confidence to step up and make that leap. What would be your parting words of encouragement for anybody that, uh, that watches you fighters and, and wants to do it themselves, but maybe they just need that extra push.
2: You know, I, I think I would say, um, if you're, if you're thinking about fighting or it's something that you feel passionate about, but you're just kind of scared, um, you know, just show up. You don't have to fight day one, you know, just show up um, and uh, and give it a try. You know, there's nothing wrong with trying something and finding out you don't like it. That'd be a lot better than thinking that you'd love something but never trying.
1: I would definitely say that, um, obviously, if you're in a boxing gym, your coach is going to tell you whether you're ready or not. If it's fear that's holding you back. Fear, man, fear can be crazy. Um, it 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 really can be. And if fear is the only thing that's holding you back, fear is just placing limits on you. Um, like Liz said, there's nothing wrong with trying something and not liking it. So, would you rather have tried it and not liked it, or you know, always regret not trying it? Um, I I. I struggle with fear every time I step in the ring. I have a lot of fight fears and uh, just got to look it straight in the face and and go for it. Train hard, prepare like your coach tells you to and look fear right in the eyes and step in the ring.
0: Fear is definitely a bully. And most like most bullies, when you stand up to them and you come face to face, they back down. At least that's how I've I've looked at fear in my life. Anything that scares me, I try to get out there and do just just to prove that. I'm not going to be intimidated by my own mental game. I just want to say thank you. Your your stories are uh, inspirational. They're motivational. Everything that you guys have had to go through, the changes you've had to make in your life, uh, the, the level of competition that you've uh, been courageous enough to step in and, and, and fight with. I, I just think this is a. You guys have a really great story sh- uh, to share. I, I I would hope you guys would write a book one of these days because I think <laughs> you'd have an amazing book. And uh, I just appreciate. it. So, what I want to ask you is one uh, after after Nashville and in Russia, could I get you back on the show to talk uh, talk a little more?
1: Oh hell yeah, heck yeah, we would be super excited. We're we're super honored to be here with you today, and we're glad that you contacted us i was super excited to do it it was fun yes we'll definitely be back
0: all right you heard it here they're going to be back well thank you so much uh i want to let you guys this is your day off so i want to make sure you guys go and have have a have a fun saturday
2: thank you
0: Uh, we will talk again soon
2: all right sounds good thank you